Hey, what's up? It's Aaron Jones. You're listening to the Itch Podcast. <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch to get apocalyptic. <laughs> so for those of you who are unaware, there is a such thing as the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And those horsemen are conquest, war, famine, and death. It's pretty scary stuff, if you think about it, if you read about it. But we actually ended up speaking with one of those horsemen. So I'm going to actually turn it to you guys. Do you remember which one he is? Because he said it, but I don't know if it was in our conversation or not. No. I I don't remember off the top of my head. I should. Our conversation in this week's episode is with Scott Stevens. He is a producer with a music writing collective called The Four Horsemen. And he has told a story in other conversations where they did, in fact, decide who was who. And he is the Horseman Conquest. That's right. So that's good times. Good times for Scouts. Yeah. yeah. So these guys are a group of dudes who co-write, write, produce songs for a ton of huge artists. Scott is also the front man of the mostly defunct until recently band, <laughs> The Exes. And I was excited to talk to him just because I actually really liked The Exes back in the day when they were putting out stuff. I thought yeah. they were a, a pretty underappreciated band. Come to find out that he, in the time they haven't been making music has been making a name for himself in uh, in other realms of the rock world, writing hits for other people. Right. And this is a good, I mean, we, we took a break with the, the live review concert episode, but we're right back into the interviews that we've been recording. And this is a good follow-up with the uh, Mikey Carvajal interview because it's a lot more music industry insight that we don't get to really talk about a lot. And it's kind of interesting because he's the opposite like right. like mikey was really all about you know we tried to work with labels and producers and songwriters and stuff like that and just wasn't working we feel like we're better off doing our own thing and being independent scott is a, a master collaborator his yes. whole job is to work with artists to make their stuff better and to write with them hit songs yeah and he was kind enough to lend a lot of his time to us <laughs> he was <laughs> actually that's a good the backstory right there so this is this is really cool because we're actually we mentioned it early in the interview. This is the third podcast interview he's ever done, which is great because he when he was doing work with the X's, you know, they came up in a world before social media and podcasting was a thing. And by the time it all really became a huge deal and part of how you advertise yourself, they were on their kind of infinite hiatus. Yeah. And so he was so eager and excited to share his stories and to talk because he never really had before. And he's so excited that people want to hear them and right. that this is, you know, a whole thing. And so it was a lot of fun to have that conversation with him because he was just so excitable about everything that's happening around him. He's just like coming along for the ride right now. And it's cool to be part of it. Yeah. And it's also interesting to see somebody kind of adapt to in, in real time to mm -hmm. like the new, you know, the new way that music is in, in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's literally talking about like, I have to learn how to promote things on Instagram and whatnot. <laughs> and it's paying off. I don't know if you guys saw. I know Casey saw because he shared something for us. Yeah. But Spirits High, their new track that the X's just released, has crossed 100,000 
Spotify streams, I believe it was, in a month. Yeah. Which is phenomenal for a band that hasn't put anything out in like 15 years. Right. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. So congratulations to him. We're celebrating. We're, we're, we're doing our part to help with that. It's also a fantastic song you should check out immediately after finishing this interview. Agreed. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Scott Stevens. Try to keep my spirits high So I don't come down Even though I have to lie To keep myself devout It's hard to read between the lines When everything starts to blur And though I'm scared I won't make it out I feel promised Hello. There's everybody. Hey. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> how's the how's the Itch Rocks crew going? <laughs> good. Very well. We're having some good some good days, man. We are, yeah. Nice because it's been a hell of a year for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Yeah, man. But for us it's been pretty good. We've uh been doing lots and lots of interviews and We've been wanting to talk with you for a while, and it was kind of funny because we'll get into this too, but our buddy Jay from The Hook beat us to you. <laughs> and that's funny because that came, I think it was the day after I released the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler Baker from Goodbye June called me, and he's like, you got to go talk about this thing. And <laughs> I didn't even have podcasts on my radar. I mean, yeah. I didn't even think about it. And uh, that was the first one I'd ever done. So you, if you want to blame somebody, you got to blame Tyler. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Uh, that's actually a thing that we share in common. We've been on Jay's show before. We've collaborated. Yeah, we're, we're kind of pals with the hook. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love this. Well, I'm, I'm excuse me for my infancy. I'm, I'm just getting to know all of this, literally. So <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> What's cool from our angle is that makes everything fresh because you haven't told all these stories a thousand times and you're not burnt out on sharing them. Yeah. And so, <laughs> which no. a lot of people that we talk to, they're like, we, we got to try to be really creative with questions because they've answered most stuff a million times already. Yeah. Right, right. Sure. But yeah. I, we did listen to, I listened to the hook and then the riff yard one. I actually just finished that before we, before we came on here in preparation. So is yeah. that, there's a, is this number three then? For I you? think, yeah, this is number three. I mean, I did a little bit of a brief one with Terry Carr at WHDA, but Ooh. the reason that one happened was because I have a lot of history, old history with her from the early X's days, but it was super short and it was mainly about me talking about, you know, the women that I work with in, in rock. Yeah. So we did talk about like the new song and everything, but it, a lot of it was off recording. Okay. Yeah. She wanted to know about all the producing stuff and yeah. things like that. And she wanted to know about the song. She likes the song. She's going to play the song. So that's good. But yeah, so this is really, this is number three. Okay. So thank you guys so much for, for having me. Yeah. Cheers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers on the water bottle over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I did notice the shirt. I absolutely love the shirt, by the way. It's such cool. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was, she was one She's of our favorite interviews. She's great, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Dorothy. <laughs> I just was with her. Let's see. I was with her about a week and a half ago. Um, and we, we worked on our first new song for the record, uh, the new album, which, you know, 
I don't really know what the plan is, but we're just kind of getting a head start as far as like starting to write and kind of see where things go and what she's feeling, what I'm feeling. There was a nice little window, uh, like a three-day window, and she came up to do a feature. Um, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about that, but we'll just say <laughs> she's going to do a feature on a, an artist that I'm producing as well. So there it is. And then we we spent a day to you know writing a new track. I'm sitting at my studio. My speakers and everything are, are here. And I'm, you know, I'm going to start comping it up t- tomorrow and, and, and see what kind of gold I've got from her, <laughs> you know? See, it's awesome. it, just that right there. And then listening yeah. to the other interviews, like every time you, you share a bit of information, like the whole, the whole yeah. production and songwriting side of things is very foreign to us. And so like everything you say gives me another idea of something I want to know about. So even before that we got on, we we're like, if, if this goes well, we're going to have to have him back because I think <laughs> I've already got like two interviews worth of things I want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a lot, I've got a lot of history there, man. I've been doing this a long time in different yeah. little pockets. This is just as any of us, you know, you, you go through these segments of life where you're doing, Hey, I used to be in Kung Fu, you know, when you were like 10 years old, karate, and then you got out of it and you became like, uh, you know, into like, you know, Tony Hawk or something. I, I don't know. Uh, the musical path for me is, is kind of that way. There's a lot of, um, being a musician, being a studio runner, being a, you know, a writer to a writer, producer, to a mixer, to all of it. So yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover. You know, we don't have to rush through anything. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Are we ready to kick right off here? Yeah. Let's launch. All right. So our guest today we're very excited about is Scott Stevens, who has a lot of labels here. (laughs) Frontman of the Xyz. Grammy nominee, Dove Award winner, wearer of many fashionable sunglasses. Yes. Except <laughs> for today, I'm wearing my prescription. Well, well you know. they're all prescription. I'm blind as a, I'm blind as a bat. So it's... <laughs> Still very fashionable, though. Yes. <laughs> all right. And a guy who's worked with a lot of artists that you have heard a lot of on The Itch. Yes. <laughs> Including our 2022 and 2021 Album of the Year winners in uh, Dorothy and Aaron Jones. Sweet. You played a part in, in, yeah, literally our favorite albums of the last two years. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. I can't even believe that. This is this is meant to be. No accidents, right? Right. And actually, that's part of the reason why we wanted to talk with you is we've we've interviewed Dorothy and Aaron. And Dorothy, we jokingly called it the Morthy series because we interviewed her. Then we interviewed <laughs> her guitarist, Sam Colton. Then we interviewed Keith Wallen, Breaking Benjamin. And we've been trying to to get you on here. So, (laughs) Oh, great, man. I love it. And I love Ben. I used to tour with Ben all those years ago. And, uh, and Dorothy is a treasure and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, man. And Aaron too. We just, just finished his record. Like we're literally turning in final mixes as we speak. All right. That's what I was going to ask. So what's going to be the album of the year for 2023, since you seem to have the scoop on it. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, I don't know. I guess that's not really up to me. That's kind of maybe up to you and the public and what you like and what you're feeling. I just get in there and I kind of just do what I need to do. And I try to help make it feel as real as I can in that moment for the artist and myself. And then the rest really isn't. As I think I was told, like there's this saying, I focus on the what and the what is whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment. Yeah. And the how isn't even up to me at all. <laughs> you know, I can't control how people feel about the, the songs that we're working on. But it's been a, an unbelievable run for the last few years. 
despite the the burden of COVID and and the pandemic, it's really kind of starting to show. Uh, I don't know uh, what everybody, all the pent up things that we were all going through, are starting to come out through through great songs. You know, so yep. maybe in some weird way, our life change as a planet put everybody on pause to kind of think about what they wanted to say or how they wanted to feel or how. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the psychological, you know, whatever that is. But I think for me personally, I think it, it slowing down and observing what you're feeling inside and, and how it's affecting you and how you want to move forward seemed to come out of, out of that time. Yeah. You know, for a lot of us, we weren't prepared for it, man. Right. How could we be? Yeah. And what's also interesting is spirits high. We're wanting to talk with you just about the production side and the songwriting aspect. And then you go ahead and drop a bomb on, on the world and release spirits. High. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to recommend people after you're done listening to this, to go check out Scott's interviews with the hook and with riff yard, because there's a lot of great detail about the track and how it came to be and the kind of thematic nature of it and the circumstances on those sure. as well. So if you don't get enough about it here, there is more. <laughs> right. Yeah, without trying to repeat myself, and I really can't remember what I said, you know, so... No, you're fine, yeah. You're good. Yeah, this song was never meant to see the light of day. I kind of think of this song at the time of kind of like um, comfort food or a warm blanket or something when you're feeling maybe, you know, I, I don't want this to sound weak or anything, but when you're feeling insecure or you're feeling like lost or what now or what next or... Maybe you have some kind of underpinning of like a little bit of dread or sadness or whatever it is. And and for me, I had some of that and, you know, it wasn't every day. It wasn't like that kind of a thing, but it was, it was something that I wasn't really used to. I didn't ignore it. I tried to work my way through it. When I started to strum that first opening chord progression, which like ugly like a lot of the songs that i've done over the years even things that i work on with lizzie or dorothy or brent from shine down or whatever you don't really know exactly what is channeling it and it's never really here's the thing is maybe a lot of people don't know is i think creation inherently is kind of ugly and Hmm. i think it just kind of needs a refining kind of like a diamond when you pull it out of the ground right it's not all pristine and ready for the finger it's it needs polishing and cutting and it needs a lot of work, but the creation of it is is kind of quick. It kind of gives it to you in a little spurt. Here it is. Now you have to nurture it and you have to work, you know, and perspire over it and like, and make it into something uh, if you're bold mm-hmm. enough, I guess, or if you're courageous enough, which was the case for me when this started to kind of take shape of what it was. I think all of a sudden when I realized what it was, it scared the fuck out of me. I was like, wait a minute, this is, I don't know if I want to talk about this, you know, and I don't know. And it made me a little bit angry too, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to look at those feelings and those insecurities and those things that I was feeling at that time. And, and like I said, in the lyric in that song, I don't want to tell my friends that I feel better when I'm by myself. I just, Mm. but this is really how I felt. And it was really kind of a line by line, diary song that took two plus years on and off to finish and i used it as some kind of like place to feel like it was a refuge it was some place that i felt safe because i didn't have to answer to a, a label i didn't have to answer to anybody this was just coming out of out of 
pure just like, let me follow this because it's a great distraction from this crazy life that I'm now in and that we're all in. And it became medicine that way. And so I think as time went on, you know, we all started to feel like, you know, we could we could go outside and we didn't have to wear a mask everywhere and we didn't have to, you know, we would question protocol of things and da da da, da and we started to become a little bit more comfortable. And so I think as those things started to happen for, for myself and not, you know, and for everyone else, I could talk about what was in that song a little bit more freely. And it was at that time that I brought up to one of my bandmates who's no longer with us, if at, at a time, you know, a year before uh, last January or February, that we could maybe release a new song because it had come to my attention that Spotify was showing that people were still listening to our music after all this time. And I didn't even have a Spotify account until right. li- literally like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Maybe two years, n- not even two years. It was. Ch- Chad Nicefield from Wilson was the one that alerted me to it, who I think you got, did, did you say you just did Shiprock? And he was like a host on there, right? Yeah, yeah. he does the Making Waves podcast. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, but Chad and I go way back because I produced a Wilson record with, with him. And he was the one that said, you have this Spotify page and it has really good numbers on it. And I was like, how? <laughs> how? This is a band that existed way before any of this and we haven't done anything for so long, I started to watch it. And from last January to now, we went from a hundred and like 40,000 listeners to this week, this week, we're at 501,000 listeners, half a wow. million without, you know, Spirits High might've helped push that a little bit, but something is happening with, I think either us and bands like us from that time or, I don't know what it is, but something's going on for it to, to triple, more than triple in the course of a year. I think that when that came to my attention and after deciding that I needed to finish this song, which I finished it last August, I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't even tell my wife about it for literally like two years. And she actually busted me. I was working on it in my studio in L.A., she walked in because she went for a run and I didn't know when she was going to be back. And she walked in and she was like, what is that? And I said, uh, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> the X's. It's a song for the X's, I guess, you know, and she, she's like, play it. And I, and I hit the space bar and I played it and she's like, it sounds exactly like you guys <laughs> circa 05. Yeah. But it sounds new at the same time. And, and she's like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I didn't want to do anything with it. And so she was a voice of reason that helped to get me to actually accept the idea of doing that. You know, I sprung it on my management company, I think two days before Christmas break. And just said, I'm just going to put this out on like TuneCore or DistroKid or something. And they listened to it. And they really liked it. And they said, look, just wait a minute. Let's, let's get a proper place to at least launch this from. And there's no plan. You know, it was just like, we're just going to launch it, DSPs. Let's just see how the XEs fans feel about it. And then it kind of started taking on a life of its own. And it's traveling even even today. There's radio stations that are interested in playing it. And there's more and more spins. We're getting spikes on any given day. And, you know, it's not huge yet, but it's a baby. And there's nothing that's been done to help promote it. So, but you guys will help promote it. And, like, yeah. the hook helped promote it. Yeah. Yep. 
I guess I just wanted it all organic and that's exactly what's happening. There's not a dollar behind this thing. I paid for it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I did it in my house, you know, so. Yeah. And it's, it's a great song and it's, I mean, obviously it's really personal for you and thank you for feeling confident enough to, to share it with the world. That was kind of an interesting question, I thought, because like as a songwriter and a person that writes songs for other people, was it just kind of that extra special process that you don't want to like give it away to say a Dorothy or a Aaron Jones or? <laughs> well, it didn't really look when I started working on it, it was it literally felt like our band. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I never really thought like, no, this isn't a song I could present an idea to Lizzie or to Aaron or to whoever, because those songs are usually like, if I come to Lizzie with an idea, or if I come to Aaron or Ash Costello or Dorothy, you know, it's a, it's a few smatterings of lines and I got this and I have this and here's a, here's a riff. And then we work on it yeah. and then yeah. it becomes another energy to, to focus that. Yeah. Whereas this was, uh, it sounded so much like us. It, it became some kind of a comfortable game that I played with myself to hmm. be like, can I make this sound like the XDs? Like, let's, let's see how far yeah. I can go with it. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, and imagine what would the other guys play and how would they do it? And then going back to the old recordings and listening, just listening to the parts and how we orchestrated things back then, you know, because I never intended on releasing it. So it became this fun hobby. And yeah, Casey, and actually, in answer to your, the hardest thing was to actually put my voice to it because when you start writing with others and you become a support or a muse of sorts or a co-muse of sorts yeah. to their ideas, they're the ones that have to sell that shit. They're the ones that have to internalize it and say, I wouldn't sing that. Here's how I would change this word or whatever. And this is the, the are the things that I do day in and day out with artists and basically they have to be the energy that puts that out there when I put that on myself as I said that's when I got kind of angry pissed off mm. because I didn't want to have to feel that and I didn't want to have to try to make it feel like be good <laughs> I just wanted it to be like it, it just kind of exists in my brain and so once you materialize something, the work really begins. And it was, it was a six time go to the mic. Yeah. Fuck you. I quit <laughs> kind of a song. Yeah. And I'm, you know, this isn't meant for me. Like you literally yelling at my wife going, this isn't for meant for me It's fucking blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to fucking do it. You know? And, yeah. and somehow it happened, you know, you know what happened? I'll tell you this quick and then we'll go back. I got too far into it and I went past it. Oh, like nice. I started to nitpick the shit out of it. Yeah. And when I forgot about it for a while, I went back to a version from like two months earlier and that sounded right. And so I started to delve into that and I did a few fixes and I didn't get obsessive about fixing the vocals and I didn't, I just was like, screw it. You know, this is the document. This is where it feels truthful. Yeah. And this is my heart and I got nothing left. I got nothing to prove. This is why, why should I, I haven't done anything in so long. And, you know, I've chosen another path, but I will say this, man, once it came to fruition and I heard it mixed and I mixed it with Chris Baseford, who's a very talented individual. And he just did uh, 
the whole new Nickelback record. And he's done, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, Dorothy with me. And, you know, he's great. When I started to hear it, you know, all of a sudden you, you start to believe it a little bit more. Like, there it is. And then Ted Jensen mastered it for me. And I think I had about five revisions on that to get it right because I didn't like the hi-hats and the cymbals because mm. <laughs> they were too loud. But um, it was starting to come into focus and I started to make my peace with it. And yeah. I think it's in that moment when we are as humans in anything we do in life is if we can accept our flaws and the things that just make us who we are and, and, and not try to shame ourselves in any way, then that's when real magic can happen. And, and then I, I just cut free, you guys. I let go. I just let go. Mm. And the rest is, you know, here. And, you know, as we know from some of the other things, there was an unfortunate collision with the, the passing of my guitar player, David. And yeah. uh, that was a, an unbelievable, sad collision uh, or convergence with this. But at the same time, I think he would have wanted this. Um, he and I had some of the best moments of my life uh, building this thing that was nothing. And then it was called the X's and we were on MTV and we were playing festivals and shows and people and, and everything that gave us that brought me to this place. And so I talked to Dennis and to Freddie and everybody was in agreement that it should come out because one thing didn't have to do with another and let's honor it. And let's just try to turn it into a positive. And that's, that's where we're at with it. Cause he's, He's not on there, but he's he's on there. You know what I mean? Right. He's on that road yeah. that led it. Right. And like I said, I studied him and I Yeah. You immersed yourself in in you guys' work. So yeah. Yeah, I did. And look, I had a lot of experience in that because we spent more hours than you can possibly count writing together, living together, traveling. Enjoy, enjoying yeah. and traveling and and enjoying the creation of something together. You mm, know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So there it is. man. So as you stated, kind of with like the Spotify numbers and, and uh, just the feedback, it's it's been received very well. And you've had a lot of positive reviews based on the song with the continued success of this song. Would that lead you to consider possibly writing more Axis music or um, because of the recent tragedy is that kind of just a one and done situation? No, I. I... I've always had little smatterings of songs and things that I've kept in, in this device or in uh, ones that have suffered the fate of dropping it off of a balcony or um, an, an angry fit and throwing it and it cracks, <laughs> but they still work phones. So I have lots of, I, I have, um, I have lots of ideas in there. A lot of those ideas are, I guess they're very me. I'm very encouraged by what happened with this and, and it merits definitely thinking about doing more music. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that. If, if that's what it's not, even if that's what people want, I think I just had to be ready to do it. Yeah. And I think if I'm ready to do it and then everybody, we want to have that relationship, then that's, that's completely on them. If they want to have it, I can't, like I said, I can't make anybody feel a certain way about anything. So, but I, I feel as though I've, I want to say something again. And, and I, I know I want to say something and I know how I want to say it. So let's leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. What's really cool. It works yeah. to, to your favor in this is 
one of our recurring topics, I say this almost every episode now, is the way that the release of music has changed over the years. And yeah. so you're now in a situation where you don't have to feel the pressure of, oh, if I ever decide I want to do more X's music, I have to have a 10 track album and then I have to tour behind it for a year or two or all that. You can literally put things out as you want them, however much in whatever fashion that you want. Um, and that has become much more the norm. And so like there, I feel like there's probably a lot of freedom for someone like you who is like at this place where you're like, I'm keeping basically all doors open, but I don't necessarily have this long-term vision for exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah, I have absolutely, Aaron. I have no idea how it's going to play out. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take it a day at a time. I agree with you. This, the, the, the way that things can be released now, it's kind of a fucking miracle. It really is. (laughs) This thing that I created in my basement, you know, is can come out and people can choose to download it, buy it, whatever they want to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Love it, hate it, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, it's, it's kind of miraculous because yes, I, I wouldn't sit there and go, I don't know if I'm ready for a, a record deal and a, the pressure of like, I got to do 11 songs right now. And yeah, you know, um, it would be much easier to do like one or two new things and, you know, possibly turn something into an EP or something versus like that pressure of like, you got to do this and you got to go tour and you got to da da da. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And like you said, all doors are open nothing's off the table it just this was a bomb that i just kind of dropped on everybody i think mm-hmm. i had like what six days of preparation with little yeah. little puzzle pieces from the image and, yeah yeah and yeah. uh yep. there it is you know <laughs> so, 16 years later hi <laughs> well, that's another thing that's different about and what's funny is it's like the music world is different it's not a ghost. It, it also well it also make yeah it makes it sound weird because it's like i feel like Okay, the Xs have not been active for like 15 years or so. You've been at yeah. plenty active over especially over the past, you know, few yeah. like handful of years. Um, but at the same time, you know, not only the way that stuff is distributed, but the way it's promoted. You've talked about how you said this is your third podcast. Like this whole world is new to you. So is the world of like, oh, I have to promote all this stuff on social media now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm curious as to like how yeah. that experience has been for you like just doing things in such a different manner than it was when you were like fully act invested in the X's. I am Dr. Evil launched into space in my <laughs> thing and frozen. And now I'm back. I'm not evil though. I'm not yeah. evil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the nice, I'm the, I'm the you know. Dr. Nice, no, yeah. I'm just saying it's Dr. like, nice. it's a whole new world and it's a whole new, <laughs> it's a whole new world. And it's, I was actually talking to an artist that I produced and, and, and wrote with Lilith Czar yeah. And she said, Hey, Scott, welcome to being an artist in 2023. Cause yeah. I was like, I know nothing. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And she was kind enough. Cause I called her and said, listen, can you help me? And Ash Costello is another one. She's with uh, new year's day. You know, those two, they know yeah. how to really do their thing. And, and I had Ash in there and, and Ash, Ash was the first one to hear spirits high. She was the hmm. very, very first one. Um, because I was working with her, we're trying to finish her record. I, I will see her on Friday for five days because we're on the last couple of songs for her record. But awesome. we can get into that later. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, but she, has, I asked her straight up. I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm not asking for you to promote this. I'm not. I just need to understand what this is and what this is and how would you do this." And her coupled with Lilith and my management company 
uh, Emily Schneider to be uh, exact, and Allison Shepard and Kat over there helping me figure out how to post things properly. And here's what you need for this out now thing. And you have to put it in your stories. How do I do that? You know, and <laughs> you know, these yeah. kinds of things that is so basic for, for people that are like my, that are my niece, who's like 17 years old. Like this is, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not, <laughs> sat, you know, I have no, you know, I know how to post some things and whatnot, but I, I don't know how to, yeah. But I've learned a few things lately. So I'm, I'm getting better and and trying to think about like little things like here's an outtake photo from inertia, which I put online today. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to do some videos of like, here's behind the scenes. Here's the track dissected. Spirits high. Here's vocals only. Here's a guitar with this, you know, and I think I think people might like get a kick out of that kind of stuff. So um, I'm trying to think of little things like that as as this song is building and trying to figure out like exactly what the course is going to be um what that's going to be live shows and videos and the whole shebang you know radio but we're all we're just stepping gingerly right now very slowly and organically because i don't really know as i said i don't know what's next and really what to do i haven't got it figured out i can't sit here and promote like yeah it's coming (laughs) and i just I don't know. You know, you guys are getting the raw scoop. It's just, I don't know. Right. (laughs) But I'm not, I'm not out of it. You know, I'm going to do something. We understand what it's like though, to, to be kind of trying to learn the ropes on all this stuff. We're very much doing the same. We're actually kind of learning Instagram and almost in real time, the same time you are. Okay, great. (laughs) We've joked that we just need to wait a few years for Dan's kids to get old enough. And yeah. then they can start taking our yeah. social media for us. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Because you know what? They're native to it. Like, it's just, yep. it's like a chip in their head. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they just right. know how to do it all. Right. They That's do. Exactly I don't have it. the chip. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do we. It's a, it's an uphill battle. Ooh, you just did a Zoom, Dan. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I figured it out. <laughs> you figure, okay. Dan was trying to figure out why his screen was like Dan, narrow. Zoom Dan. <laughs> he yeah, zoomed on all... Zoom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's now what I'm the... in your face. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was curious of is after hearing you kind of talk about your writing process for the axes, uh, it sounds like you're, uh, and I don't know if perfectionist is the, the right term because you're, you're constantly tinkering, trying to make it better. Uh, and so do you prefer working with other artists because of that? Because you're such kind of a perfectionist, it's easier to kind of pass the ball over to them and let them kind of take it from there. Is that, or or do you you know do you prefer writing alone or, or with other artists because of situations like that? I think that that's a good question. I I think that it becomes well. I never did co-writing too much when I was in the XCs, other than within the, the guys that were in the band. But but we did some co-writing on a Modern Way of Living with the Truth, and I absolutely <laughs> loved that. Um, we had done it with James Michaels, who was the singer for 6AM, who is the singer for 6AM. And he was the producer of my last record. And I wished I had done that sooner. We had tried with one guy who became a massive songwriter. We basically, it just didn't work for us in the beginning because I think it, we were so hell-bent on a certain kind of thing that we wanted that that kind of in the room quick let's write a song in two or three hours thing just didn't seem to really work and I found when I started to collaborate with people that I could just come up with a title and say I've got this thing and here's a 
here's a here's a mumbly kind of verse you know mm. there's i got maybe three lyrics here but i'm mumbling through the verse and kind of passing the ball here here's the ball you know that yielded something that made the, the needle move quicker it made it made the ball bounce and and all of a sudden, before you know it, you know, you're you're shooting hoops together or you're playing volleyball <laughs> if you've got the right chemistry happening in the room, you know, versus me being Scott, the writer, sitting here painstakingly, like trying to figure out line by line what it is that I want to say. Yeah. So it was very liberating to get into this into the uh, the world of of collaborating. And it wasn't easy. It, it, it took practice and understanding how to read the room how to know when somebody isn't really, they don't know what to add next. And so oh, you yeah. got to try to move that needle to, or at least throw an idea out to maybe loosen and break the ice flow a little bit. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that I had to kind of painfully learn in the first few years that I decided to become a songwriter, even before producing, like how to, how to work a session and get something that actually sounds like a song. Yeah, that is complete from beginning to end. It doesn't need to be 100% congealed, but it's got to be pretty solid because the industry has turned into a quick, like, result kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Look, here's the thing. It probably is a good move to spend three or four, even maybe five hours on something and turn it into, you know, a label or a manager or this or that. And see if you've got any if do you have stock in what you're you know does it does it have truth does it have something that feels good and then you can kind of hone it and what they call housekeeping here in nashville and kind of refine it a little bit more not that the managers and AR people are the you know opinion of the end all be all but sometimes having that connection when you're the art when you're with the artist and it's you you're in a bubble and you just you're this the two of you that are like yeah this is pretty cool but you your A&R person or, you know, your manager or somebody eventually is going to go, yeah, I don't really like that chorus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can it, could it say something different than aftershock? What about aftermath, you know, or something instead? And that's when that whittling work begins. But mm-hmm. my thing when I was writing was, yeah, I write a little bit in the morning and then I do, you know, maybe sometime a little bit in the afternoon and then in a little bit before bed and, what not? Well, as whereas the the way it is these days is like somebody shows up for at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, and and you spend till five or six, and you write, and you know you do a quick demo, and you send it in, and and that's kind of it's like yep, that's a thumbs up. Let's finish that song. That feels good because literally, here's why it's good. Because if it ain't good by the end of that first chorus, it isn't good. Mm, yeah. I don't think well, any song ever became a hit song by, yeah, I like the last part of the song. Right, right. It's got to be good till till the last part of the song. Right. So. right. That reminded me so much of a very popular single from a huge band. I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't like to, to throw people under the bus, but it just, it's just funny that you say that. Cause I, I, I truly feel like that about a, a, a song that just came out. It's like, it's, it's a completely different song throughout the entire song, but <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, on point. It, it kind of maybe makes sense to you, but you're like, yeah, but it's already two minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. exactly. 
It like songs like these days, man, like we got to get in at 40 seconds. Like, okay, I'm in, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Cause it only lasts about a, a three minutes tops. Yeah. It, three minutes tops. And it's <laughs> probably on the charts for maybe um, two months yeah. and then it's, and then it's off, you know, but if you write it right, sometimes it can last for years, you know, and I've been lucky enough to be a part of those that have lasted a decade, you know, and, um, but not every song does that. Those are rare. <laughs> yeah. I kind of had a question regarding just kind of doing the writing sessions and just working from, from 12 o'clock to five o'clock. Is is it kind of easier when you're the, the co-writer to kind of turn it off and like not think about it for the rest of the day? Or are you, are you always thinking about the project regardless of if you're on the clock or not? I like that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question too. I'm on the, I'm on the clock. It seems like all the time yeah. to the point where, look she's the voice of reason and we'll be on a walk in the morning and my wife's like i don't want to hear about the thing of the song you know, i'm tired of talking about me. daughtry all the time Stop it, Scott. i don't want to talk about lizzie right now yeah we're on a walk <laughs> yeah i was i was just curious about that you know yeah. but she i mean she lo- look she loves she loves the artists I work with and, and especially like her and Lizzie have a, a real connection and, but she wants that us time just as any, yeah. you know, thing, you know, it's like, we've been together for so long and I, and I do it like, I, I do it like, I don't even realize I'm doing it, you know, and I, maybe that's part of why I still feel like I'll always be an artist, even if I never write another song again, because I, I come from that obsession place, but it's like, it's more like a healthy, passionate obsession. Yeah. It's just trying to solve the puzzle. It's trying to, right. it's just trying to get it to be something that I feel so that I hope you feel it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. And the quest and every song is different. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I've had, so, I've had so many songs on records and I've had a lot of, like successes on radio and this and that, but every song is different. And it's, yeah. you gotta just, you gotta let go because it doesn't matter that you have 18 or 20 hits or this or that, it, it's always new, you know? And uh, I think that's the beauty of this, of music is that it just seems to be a never ending fucking puzzle. Right. Cracking codes. Yep. For you especially, because it's like, oh shit, I'm working with Dorothy. Oh shit, I'm working with Aaron Jones. Oh, Shine Down needs something. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of crazy that it's just back to back to back. Yeah. Can I ask, like, how do the how do you get introduced to these bands? Like, how does somebody like Aaron Jones get introduced to you? Um, or you know, how do you start working with a lot of these artists? I'm just curious how that partnership starts or begins. Everything kind of well, I think it's all a part of a snowball effect. And when I first started to take, you know, dip my toe in this pond of songwriting, and I learned, look, I was, I had a year left when I decided that the XCs, I was like, this is, we never, for the record, and a lot of people probably don't know this, so this is, this is exclusive. We never called it done. Mm-hmm. It was never done. We just kind of left. Yeah. And we started to work on other things and Freddie got into Everclear and I encouraged mm-hmm. that so much. And Dennis started working for uh, record labels 
And, you know, he is a, uh, an A&R. He has an amazing job. And, he, you know, his clients now are literally like Paul McCartney and Brian Wilson and, uh, wow. you know, Lenny Kravitz and these people. And, <laughs> you know, he does, he does label things with them. And I, when I decided to do this, it was, I first had to learn how to do it. And I had some help. I had some, I had Mitch Allen, who was in SR seventy one, who had had already become a big, a pretty big writer, and and then I had Marty Fredrickson, who had worked with Aerosmith, and he kind of took me under his wing. He he called me Mini Me, and and I kind of had the same maybe drive that he had, but I had a different skill set. Just like that's why we complement one another when we're producing records and. And I, I learned some of these things. And the first person that w reached out to me, I, I was at a BMI awards. I was not a BMI writer at the time. I was an ASCAP writer. And Tyler Connolly walked up to me and said, dude, it's good to see you. I hear you're writing songs. I'm getting ready to start a new record. Uh, how do you feel about writing for Theory of a Dead Man? And I was like, of course, dude, we toured together for like six months, <laughs> you know, so I went over to his house that that I think it was the session was on a Monday and and I I had a fight with my wife on Friday and Saturday, I just had this thing that felt like, you know, I want to get out of this energy of fighting with you. And I want to feel good again, you know, but I feel like I'm stuck in fucking quicksand right now. And, and I, I came up with this chorus and it was, it was called head above water. And I basically went to Tyler's house and I said, I got this hook, but I didn't have all the words. I just kind of had the head above water, da, 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 da. like that kind of a, you know, and I had the chords and a little bit of a melody and he loved it and we started to work on it and we finished it and Howard Benson produced it. They recorded it. They put it on the record. And I remember he called me like two weeks later and he said, dude, dark of the moon transformers is going to put this song on the trailer. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And, and he made this joke, ah, you're making money already, fucker, you know, and, <laughs> and then I was just like, blow, I was like flabbergasted. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because this was literally like my first real session with, you know, into the rock world of where I was. And that song got to the ears of the head of A&R for Atlantic Records. His name is Pete Gambarg and he's, he's the, I don't know if he's the chairman, he's the president of Electra. Hmm. And he still works uh, head of A&R for Atlantic. And he he called me, said, listen, I have this artist. I would like you to write her a ballad like you did for Tyler for this this Head Above Water song. Her name's Lizzie Hale. And he goes like, do you, do you know who she is? And I said, well, I don't really know the band. I go, but I do know of her because Marty Fredrickson had worked with her and he said, you should work with this girl. She can sing anything. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I, is it, he goes, we have it in agreement. I need a ballad. I already have the first single for the record. This is what exactly how he told me, which was love bites. And, and I was like, okay, ballad. Cool. When's she coming? 
She'll be here. She'll be at your house in two weeks. Okay, here we go. You know, and I just start thinking and I start thinking. And Tyler Connolly says to me, you know, you should write with my, my ex-wife. And I said, oh, yeah, really? Why? And he's like, she's pretty good. Her name's Christine Connolly. And she's actually written a bunch of songs with Tyler for Theory of a Dead Man. And so I was like, okay, you know. I got this this session though that's coming up with this girl Lizzie Hale and then I was like, well, you don't have to write for her. You guys can just write. I just want you to know, get to know her. So we get together and we kind of hatch this like idea. And so when Lizzie walks in, and we get to know each other and we talk, and I say, listen, I'm supposed to have a ballad for you, and I'm I don't have any ballad ideas. We can sit there if you've got a ballad idea. Let's follow that. And Lizzie at that point said, you know, I've been doing so much writing for this record. Um, I think I was song number 53. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> 53. Wow. For the album. And I think she was just kind of toast and over it, but she was very receptive. And of course, she's so awesome, man. She's just such a team player <laughs> and she's she's got great ideas and she's she knows what she wants. You know what I mean? Like she knows what that voice is supposed to do. And yeah. And I said, I don't have a ballad. I, but I have this song that I started with this other writer. It's called, I miss the misery. And I said, what do you think about that title? And she's like, I dig it. And I said, well, here's a, and I played her a rough pro tool session. And I kind of sang her. Because we didn't have all the words done. Da, 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 da. You yeah. know, and, and kind of, I don't miss you, miss the misery, or something like that. Or, you know, yeah. I miss being miserable or something, you know. And, and it's <laughs> kind of this baby idea. And Lizzie just kind of looks at me and she's like, okay, let's get busy. And we start going. <laughs> and one lyric comes and another one. All of a sudden, okay, now we got it. And she, she gets on the mic and we start laying it down. And when we're done, I was like, this is a fucking jam. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is good, you know? And I remember turning it in to Howard and Pete. And I said, sorry, sorry, I don't have the ballad, but I think this is pretty good. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and I get a call from, from Howard immediately, literally like 20 minutes after sending it. He's like, send me the lyrics. So I sent him the lyrics and he's just like, yeah, this is really good. You got any other ones? And I go, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, we'd have to write again. And so she came back, uh, I think another week or two later. And, and we just talked about things. And I said, what about a persona song? You know, like something like an, that is an alter ego. And she said, yeah, that's cool. And I said, I got this thing called Miss Hyde. <laughs> like it could be like Dr. Jekyll, Miss Hyde, you know? Yep. And and we just flushed it out, man. And we worked it up. And that was the second song I turned in. And that those two songs mixed with that Theory of a Dead Man song is what made, long story to your question, is what made Aaron Jones happen. Because it just went from those two songs, and I worked with Brent, and then I worked with We As Human, then I worked with Skillet, and then I worked with Nothing More, and then I worked with Pop Evil, and then it was and it, and Maria from In This Moment, and then Ash Costello, and you know, and it just kind of trickled, yeah. and you know, it it just, but it was you know over years of time, you know, over years of time, 
And I think the word just kind of spread that I was from the band world. I had Mm -hmm. the best intention of writing something that hits the back row and that makes you want to sing along because I was in a band once and I want to sing those lyrics that make people sing a certain part of that song back to me. And that became like my, I think that became my advantage was I, I didn't come from being just a writer. I came from being in a band and, and I absolutely fed off of, I mean, I can't tell you how many times Lilith and I, or Ash and I, or Dorothy and I, or, or Lizzie or Chris Daughtry and I, we talk about the moment of feeling it and connecting it with the people in that moment. And that becomes the mission of the writing day. How do we do it? Literally the third day that Lizzie and I wrote for the Back for the Dead album, she was like, I need to write a song that feels like these people are right here in my hand. And that connection that I'm having in that moment coming out of this fucked up time we got to have that song. What is that song? And it was the steeple. Mm. And that was the one where it became like, okay, this is the church. It was a church of rock and roll kind of a song. This is where we gather. This is where we celebrate coming out to, you know, from COVID and this and that. And those, those kinds of things, I just don't hear normal writers so much talk about that kind of thing because I don't know that a lot of, normal writers fully know what it's like to sing a lyric and have 50,000 people sing it back at you. Right. And I, and I had that privilege with the exes a couple of times with ugly and a few other things where they were singing that shit louder than the band. Yeah. And so that I took that with me as a weapon to Mm. be able to, to be used. And I relate to the, to the writers I work with because we have the same goal. And that is that I'm a fan I'm a fucking fan, dude. That's what I am. And I'm still 10 years old in my room listening to Kiss and fucking ACDC and Nirvana <laughs> and like, you know, and, and, and that stuff. And I, I, I just, I'll never forget those things that make me excited about music. And that's, that's the core of why I do what I do. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. You had mentioned, you know, uh, I guess working with uh, being introduced by Marty Fredrickson to uh, Hailstorm. I think that he's one of the member of the Four Horsemen, if I understand correctly. And you'd formed the Four Horsemen in 2020. It's a, basically a songwriting collective of sorts that also features Blair Daly. And I apologize if I mispronounce oh. this, Zach Malloy. <laughs> There's the logo. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's the logo. <laughs> so we'll come back uh, to this Malloy later. But... Blair Daly. Yeah. <laughs> So I was, I was curious because you had just mentioned that you were, wrote this steeple with Hailstorm. Was that was the Four Horsemen a part of that songwriting process with the steeple, or, or was that just you and, and Lizzie, um, like you know, kind of old, old times, so to speak? Basically, it was um, the whole record was uh, Hailstorm had some they had some songs before I I got involved on this album, but the songs that I was a part of, other than Terrible Things, uh, was the um it's just lizzie and i but we kind of do every we kind of we all help each other out the four horsemen is is it doesn't mean that all four of us have to work on a song uh, i think Corey marks was just in the studio with blair and zach for a week but i didn't have anything to do with that but what i have done with the who and like uh, uh you know uh bad wolves and uh hellstorm and this it, it brings people to the four of us 
And if all four of us can work on something at any given time, and if it's if it's pertinent to do that or prudent to do it, we will do it. We all help each other. We all kind of like listen to each other's songs and kind of say, do you like that? Do you think that's bad? Yeah, that, that's cool. And and we're not like, it's like if I tell you my opinion on the chorus and da, 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 do I get publishing? It's not like that. We just <laughs> kind of help each other out. We're, we've been friends for many, many years. And so we just, we want the best for any given situation. Um, I can be a lifeline just as Marty can be one or as Zach or, or Blair can be one at any given time with any artist. You know, we just, we support one another. We help each other out and we've all been in the band world or in one way or another. It just is a great way. Like I'm going to produce a new Dorothy record and Dorothy wants to work with the four horsemen. So we will plan a Nashville trip and there'll be some days where it's all four of us with her in a room and some days it'll just be her and I or just her and Zach and I, and it just kind of depends. Cause we also all know like what songs we excel on mm-hmm. yeah, and who's right for that type of song. That's really interesting. And then we'll try the weird experiments, you know, we're like, it's going to be Marty and Blair and Dorothy and I'm not even going to be involved in it <laughs> and see what happens, you know, because ultimately I'm going to have some shaping in it because I'm producing it. So um, we're just all very open and there's no egos and, Everybody just kind of wants the best and, you know, we strive to give them the best songs that they can or work on their songs. A lot of times, look, don't get this twisted at all. A lot of times there's songs that come in from these people that just need some, they need help, right? So we we take that role too, you know, as far as like figuring out how to crack the code on their own ideas and bouncing that ball the other way, you know? Yeah. Mm. Real quickly, since you, you're talking about Dorothy and you mentioned earlier at the beginning, working with her on a feature, have you ever worked with Eva Under Fire? Yes. I love Amanda. Um, yes. I didn't get to, I came at a weird time when they were writing their first or that last record, not this new one, but the one before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it this one? Anyway. Yeah. I came at a weird time and, 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 you know, I think a lot of it was set in stone and we got a song that we all liked, but I don't think it fit the record. I'd never worked with them before. Um, it would be different if I had them in the room now. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's what happens. You just don't, you never like with Lizzie, that was a special scenario. We'd never worked together before, but we wrote one of her biggest hits Yeah. right out of the box, but that right. doesn't happen very often. Right. You know, so I love Amanda. I love their energy. You know, I, I just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, they seem to be doing fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the reason why I bring that up is Eva's or Amanda as one of our good buddies. We've had her on our show four times and uh, we're trying to get Dorothy and Eva linked up to do a feature <laughs> together. <Yeah>. So uh, <laughs> that's the itch. That's just, the itch's just in number general. one goal. Yeah. Well, just in general, like, yeah, Eva, Eva is a, an artist that we, we champion pretty strongly and especially you know just thinking about right now just seeing like you you seem to collaborate like particularly well with these with like the women of rock like your roster people you've worked with is like the who's who of yeah uh the people who have made that we're like this is a perfect like pairing to add to that so we're gonna put in you know a word that that happens somewhere down the line there's some <laughs> yeah, collaboration dude, on that I, front. I love i love working with the women of rock i think there's a strong movement towards it and mm-hmm. i i support it so much it's a very little known fact. You know, my mom and dad split when I was two and I have a good, I have a good relationship. 
relationship with my father and I have a great relationship with my stepfather, but I really didn't have a solid father figure in my life until I was 13 years old. So I was raised by my mom and her two sisters. So maybe there's some kind of Freudian thing there that I'm, I'm very comfortable with women and understanding them and listening to them. It just clicks. I didn't, I never planned for it to be. I was like, I'm going after girls, you know, and like doing this. And just, this is how it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of happened. And, you know, I happened to get Lizzie first, you know, and she's such right. a freaking beast. Yeah. I just was in awe of her capability. And, you know, that trickled down to other women as far as, you know, working with them and, and producing and collaborating and whatnot. So I'm stoked for it. It's a happy place for me. It's a comfortable place, and 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 I ain't stopping anytime soon. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're not going to stop interviewing the w- women of rock. That we, that's that's one of our mainstays too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Do we want to hit up some rapid fires to, to yeah. close it close it out? Do you want to do rapid fires, or do we want to try this? Uh... What's, what's a rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a, a handful of questions that we generally ask everybody at the end, and they're kind of, the idea generally is that, you know, it's it's a quick answer. You don't have to elaborate any terribly much, unless you really want to. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, or do you guys want to, do you okay. want to touch on the, the word association idea? We've never tried that one before. We, this we might can be t- a time. Yeah, I think... I think we could do the quick, quick word association or a sentence. We're, we're going to throw out some of our favorite artists that you work with and just kind of throw out like whatever comes to mind about first, them. Yeah, yeah. First, first sentence or two, a thought that comes, quick thought that comes to mind about them. Would, would you be up for a, for a word association game? Whatever you guys want to do, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, I'm ready. Whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> let's, let's do them both. Let's just knock them out. This will be, it sounds like, like fun. I'm very interested in, in uh, yeah. hearing what Scott has to say about these things. Yes. All right, so so quick word association. First thing that comes to mind: Shine Down. Freaking awesome! Giants, mega <laughs> stars. Definitely that. Yeah, I, I do believe they are still have the most number one rock singles of any band. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Apocalyptic. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's go. Let's go, Dorothy. What a tone. Uh, an unbelievable uh, power, um, you know, a confidence, uh, excitability. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's female Robert Plant, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally agree. Go. Totally agree. <laughs> I'm curious about Lila Czar. Yeah, Lila Czar. Oh, she's a tough one. There's oceans <laughs> to Lilith. See here, Lilith is driven talented can sing the phone book um <laughs> yeah yeah has a heart of gold and uh a, like she has a body to make you kind of cry it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> she's got the whole package yeah how about uh how about we go over to skillet i don't think we've dropped that name yet in this one yeah cooper Cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cookies. Cooper and his cookies. He loves cookies. I love John's energy. Freaking awesome, man. He's the he's so great to write with and I love his positivity. He doesn't swear. You know, he he, uh, he has great ideas. He has really good phrasing ideas. Um and he knows who he is and what he wants. 
See, that's the kind, that's the kind of dirt I want in these interviews. That man loves cookies and cookies. he doesn't swear. That's what I'm talking awesome. about. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Highly suspect. Johnny Stevens is a beast. Um, I did my very, his very first co-write he ever did was with me and we wrote blood feather. Uh, I think he's the real deal. He's got another flavor for rock. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. Awesome. He knows who he is and how to affect it. Yeah. Nothing more. One of the most talented teamwork bands I've ever been involved with as hmm. far as staying true to what inspired them about music to begin with their openness to try to expand their message. And I mean, who's got a better body in rock than John? <laughs> I mean, he is the modern day Iggy pop. There's no doubt about it. He's the modern day Iggy pop. And I always wonder how many cuts and lacerations does he have on his feet? Yes. 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 It's gotta be a lot. We've, we've discussed that we've discussed that on our, our concert review shows that we've seen of him. It's like, how many broken toes does he have? <laughs> he's got to have some lacerations, some broken toes. Um, he's a real seeker. And yeah. they all are. Those guys are like one person. Yeah. That's the thing with them. They're like one person. Yeah. They've known each other since like, what, grade school? Something, Something like crazy? that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I love working with them. I mean, this is the time I think was our first or second song we ever wrote together. That's that's like writing misery with hail, you know. It's like very unbelievable situation yeah. to be a part of. All right, we'll do a few more quick ones here. A, a band that we're kind of overdue to give some coverage to here. How about uh, Goodbye June? Those guys, and I've said this before, but I got to say it again. Those guys scared the hell out of me when I was asked <laughs> by Kevin Williamson uh, and Interscope to write with them. I thought they were way beyond anything I could contribute. And they had a thing. Landon has got a, he is the modern day bluesy Bon Scott meets Chris Stapleton. He's got something that is so killer. And Brandon and Tyler are just, they're like Leonard Skinner dudes. I mean, they just they got a thing, you know, they just have a vibe. And I loved working with them. They really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Um, I think the first great song that I believe we got was uh, Charge Up the Power, which I just thought was so energetic and fun and cool. Um, those guys are my brothers. Uh, I'm hoping that I get to see Tyler while I'm here in, in Nashville. Um, maybe I'll see him in March, though. So, But here's the one thing out of everybody that you said. They all have soul. That's yes. the yep. thing. Brand, yeah. Dorothy, Lizzie. They, Lilith, they all, Daughtry, Johnny, I'm not talking like soul, like Aretha Franklin, yeah. like that, I'm talking about, yeah. there's a thing that they're all connected to, and they have a magic power, man, and so when you have that in your midst, mm -hmm. all you want to do is make sure that you keep feeling that over and over and over, because guess what, sometimes they don't even know that they have it. Yeah. yeah, they just do it. Right. 
Right. We've, seen, you know we've I mean? actually seen that in some of the artists that we've interviewed. Like they just, you know, we think that they're so awesome and they're just like, no, I'm all right. Like, no, yeah, seriously. Right, like right. you're pretty fucking awesome. Trust me. Dorothy being one yeah, of them. They don't, yeah. realize, <laughs> but they don't realize when Dorothy does that, ah, that thing that she does, I'm like, fuck. I mean, or, or Lilith goes, ah, or Lizzie, you're like, wait, that's like Thor shit. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's, like, it's like superhero stuff. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy or something like it's crazy. Yeah, they they just have such power within themselves, man. That's what it is. Yeah, they have power. They own their power. That is very well said. All right, let's do the rapid fire then. All right. Yeah, let's do it. It's rapid fire. Okay, go. So we, we got a handful of questions. I said we ask we ask everybody at the end, and I'm. Since most of the people we speak with are more on the you know touring and recording band and less on the songwriting producing side, I'm very interested in in how your take on some of these compared to to their take. Okay. First one, first one, everybody has a cool answer. Shit, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Song or an album that changed your life? First record that ever changed my life was Abbey Road. Good mm. one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't nice. think you're the first person to note that one. That's or at least something in the in the Beatles, of course. Yeah, naturally, and for many reasons. I'm kind of curious of this, seeing as how you've played a part in writing so many songs. Is there any particular song that you're as proud to have written? Uh, that might be tough. How did you love the Shine Down? Okay. How did you love a Shine Down? Uh, Mr. Misery with Lizzie. Um, rest in peace with Dorothy. Mm. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Anarchy with Lilith. All right. Um, I love those. I think they, they feel great. And then Blood Feather with with with. Uh, and this is the, Blood Feather with Johnny Stevens. And this is the time with uh, nothing more. Um, I'm trying. I'm being put on the spot here. <laughs> you're, uh, you're good. Sick of it. Skillet. Um, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that you're trying to be diplomatic and include yeah. as many different artists as you can. <laughs> I like I like it. Yeah. That's very, no, that's that, very thoughtful. I love all those songs. Very thoughtful of you. <laughs> well, and that's what's so awesome yeah. talking with you because you've played a part in so many artists that we enjoy so much. So that's what's awesome getting to chat with you. Oh, cool. Cool, <laughs> man. That's awesome. That makes me feel amazing. Thank you. Is there a dream collaboration or somebody that you haven't worked with that you really, really want to? I want to work with Miley Cyrus. Hmm. Interesting. That'd be awesome. I want to try that. Awesome. I want to try that. That would be a challenge, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But she's kind of rock bone in her. Yeah, she does. That's awesome. She has a rock bone in her. So I'd I'd be curious to see how she would let me push her yeah 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 Yeah. you have a song that you wish you had written another (laughs) you know a song that's by another artist that you wish i'd written i wish i would have written that's a tough question right there and there's a time limit on this right (laughs) no 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 no. you're good not really 35 minutes yeah yeah 35 (laughs) minutes if you really want to think about it no i'm just i mean (laughs) they probably would roll their eyes at me a little bit but i i love love when i first heard second chance by shinedown and that whole 
thing of like, tell my father, tell my mother, I've done the best I can. That lyric kind of wrecked me of like, because I, you know, I feel like yeah. I, I, I've just tried so hard for so long to try to get something to happen so I could get approval. Um, even though my parents approved of me, you, you want to do something that's yeah. extraordinary, or at least I did wanted to try to do something like, look what I did, you know? Right. Um, so that song really was a beautiful, when I first heard it, I, I just thought that was amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, there are songs from like the 70s. I wish I would have written Benny and the Jets or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Hey Jude. Right. There you go. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, is there a, a no skips album for you? Like a uh, album you're going to put in and you're not going to skip any tracks. You just listen to the whole thing. Uh, never mind. All right. Ah. Nirvana. Yeah. Nice. I'm not going to skip one song. Also a good reason. Some, most of my favorite songs on that album, honestly, are in the back half. Once yeah. you get, you get past yeah. most of the big singles. Yeah. I mean, the big singles are unbelievable. I mean, they're amazing. Well, yeah. You know, I mean. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's how strong that album is. Yeah. Very, yeah. very much so. You know, I mean, look at, look at, look at what's happening now with Batman. I mean, something in the way is just like, <laughs> yep. it charted yeah. again because it's yeah. right, so great right. in movie. Yeah. It really did. All right. And the last one, you've, you've mentioned a lot of artists that you've worked with and a lot of them are, are pretty darn big at this point, but still I'm interested in this one. Um, an artist you think more people should know? An artist that I think more people should know. <sighs> Who's That's out there that is one. just like, man, they're, yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe these guys haven't broken out yet. It's, yeah. <laughs> and if you, if you have more than one, uh, just rattle them off. <laughs> I mean, falling in reverse, right? Nobody's ever heard of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a band I wish that more people knew. Like, how big are we talking here? Like Taylor Swift. It big? doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> any level that just occurs. It, any to level. You. It could be a bar band that you saw in Nashville last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I mean, I can throw one out there for uh, you if you if you want. I think it'll it might work. But <laughs> There's a band that just put out a song after 15 years. And so. <laughs> Are you talking about the sexies? No. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's your own cover band. That was that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. We're called the sexies. We're the exes, but we played in like, I don't know, 70s, like sleazy, like disco style. Yeah. <laughs> and we dress up as women. There you go. There you go. That'd be fucking awesome. Let's do that. that is um, <laughs> shit, I don't know. I mean, that was very nice of you. Thank you. Um, you know what, man? Here, here he is. He's on his way, and I think he's making it. I think no people need to make, know more about him. I have to give you two. I'm sorry, I have to do okay. two. It has to be Aaron Jones, and it has to be Lil Czar. They have. Awesome. I feel like they need they need a shot here. You know, and I'm gonna. I just finished producing Aaron's record and uh, with Marty, and I'm about to do uh, Lilith this year. So I think she's got a lot to offer. She's got a vision. She's got her own lane in that female thing. Lizzie knows who she is. Dorothy knows who she is. Ash knows who she is. Maria knows who she is. You know, 
and uh, yeah. Lilith knows who she is. So I think that mm-hmm. there's there's room. Yeah. Amanda has her lane. You know, like I think that Lilith has this spooky, cool kind of backstory with this whole like I was the first wife before Eve, and I was too powerful, and that whole <laughs> thing that she's kind of tapped into and created is fucking badass. And her yeah. videos are sick, you know, and she she sings her ass off. She plays great. She looks great. She's a star on stage, you know. So, and Aaron, man, he's the real deal. He's genuine, you know. He just, he yeah. rocks it, man. He's going on tour with uh, with Daughtry here in a minute, which is my boy. I was with him today. Yeah. We just finished the first three songs of his new record. And... Cool. Um, you know, like we're, he, he's, he's a powerhouse motherfucker, that guy. I mean, boy, he's, he's got pipes and I love him, yeah. but yeah, the newest, the new, those two new artists, they, they need a little more exposure. In my yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny because both those artists, Aaron and Lilizar have fantastic backing bands to them as well. So when yeah. they do play live, like their live shows are, are incredible because the, the artists that they surround themselves with are, are just as awesome as them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Funny you mentioned Aaron because we recently interviewed him and he actually, when we were talking about uh, the new record, he brought your name up again and and said that he he felt like this this next album is going to get him to that next step. So, yeah, he he, I think it's fantastic. We've done some we've done some left terms on this record. I mean, Filthy was a little bit of a different kind of thing, but that's Aaron's like live other side is starting to really like react on mm-hmm. on, on streams and it's such mm-hmm. a different kind of sound for him but it's yet yeah, it's it's genuine and real and the rockers are coming and those those there's some beautiful ballads on this record and yeah it's colorful and it's huge sounding so um he's playing guitar so great on this record and singing so great on this record um i'm very excited for him very very excited for him yeah, awesome. there's some hard truth songs on here that'll give you a tear, that'll really no. chuck you up because that guy's journey, that guy's journey is like no joke, legit. Yeah. Right, right. So I'm excited for people to feel that. Yeah, and he's just an overall awesome fucking dude. Like he's one of the coolest, nicest guys I think I've met in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and he's unique too, man. The way he plays yeah. and the way he just yeah. is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Thank you very much for joining us. We've had a lot of fun uh, learning a lot of stuff about uh, songwriting and just the whole music industry itself. So we definitely appreciate your time. I can't say enough that we've had a lot of fun. Absolutely. You guys, let's do it again, man. I mean, this is the beginning, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking loyal. Like, let's go. Like (laughs) (laughs) this, this song is just, I've got a million more questions and, and you, I mean, I'm, I won't be surprised if we, if we see or hear something more coming out, obviously from the many artists you're working with, but more developments on the X's front of some sort within this year. So we're going to be keeping a close eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your, keep your ears peeled. And, uh, and I will do a better job this time of letting people know that something's coming rather than just uh, dropping. The- <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, surprises are fun. Yeah. yeah, we we just recently uh, did an episode with Nonpoint in correspondence to their latest release. So if you want to come on the pod and and talk about it as it as it drops, we we can do that too. <laughs> That's so great, man! I love that. We can totally help with like the actual release of stuff in terms of the promotion, like right off the bat. That's a great idea. 
Yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, yeah, man. You know, and there's, uh, I don't know if you guys know too, but like one of the things that's out there right now that um, I'm shedding a little bit of light on is the cover that I just produced with Lizzie and, and Chris of Separate Ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's, I think it smashes and it's doing really well. And uh, that was such a fun that was such a fun like experience making, getting that thing to come to life and uh, watching, you know, when we were done, I was like, this thing is freaking good. Like, this is crazy. <clears throat> this is, this is new sounding, but it's like, it's got the integrity. I mean, it's five minutes long and nobody's telling us it's to shorten it. And so it's, yeah. it's pretty cool, man. And I love that Lizzie and Chris got together and they're such powerhouse Ferrari vocalists, as I call them. I can just do anything. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you, very, you much. very much sure you guys yes. thank you so much and thanks for supporting spirits high you guys i mean this literally is this little little thing that maybe this is the little engine that could i i whatever it is that thing yeah uh the little song that could you know like i i really appreciate it and um let's just see what happens in the in the few weeks and month to come and and you know i'll check back in with you yeah. yeah, that's awesome. We appreciate your time and your yeah. openness and all your insight, man. It's awesome. Sure, brother. Yeah, thank you. No worries, man. It's all love <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Let us know when you do get more of those Horseman t-shirts uh, produced, because I think that's a sweet logo, and I would totally wear that shirt. I love that thing. <laughs> and I'll, we will get some. You know, that guy, that guy's name is Stephen Pereira. I think he has something to do with sh- uh, with saliva. I Look, I'm, I'm hmm. an idiot this way. I don't, does he play in the man? I don't know. But listen, he... He designed, uh, my wife took that photograph, but he's the one that designed that Spirits High picture. Awesome. It's a very cool cover. Very cool cover, man. That's my, that's my feels. It's right out this window here. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, it was a shitty cold day, but like she got a good angle and he, he did something that I just thought was so fresh and it felt like the song and he didn't even hear the song. Yeah. I asked him, I said, do you want me to send it to you? He's like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> but he loved it when he heard it. he's like oh my god it's, it works perfect with it i was like well then that's that artist antenna that you know people say that we have. awesome all right you guys have a great evening i'm gonna go eat some chow yeah there you go thank you have a good one see you, <laughs> see you. thank you very much take care brothers i'll talk to you soon man sounds <laughs> great thank bye, you. Dan. bye casey bye aaron see you guys So That was our conversation with Scott Stevens, songwriter extraordinaire and of the Exes. 
one of the things I truly appreciated about this conversation is that when I was doing my research and, and kind of looking into, you know, what he did and what he was known for, it was a little worrisome that like he, you know, he's, he's tied with some of the best songs and some of the, uh, of like some of my favorite artists. I was sitting here thinking that like he was just spoon feeding them their, their songs. But like after talking to him, he's a true collaborator and it, he's, you know, one of the things after, after watching the interview again, one of the things I like to liken him to is a spark plug, mm. you know, he's like a musical spark plug in the sense that like, you can just see that, it gives them an idea they run with it and then when they just don't have another idea he, he he's able to just come up with another idea uh, and I, I truly loved learning that in, in this interview because i literally thought it was like oh man this dude just spoon feeding songs to people <laughs> like that's, that's 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 so heartbreaking but that's not at all how it is so yeah it was really eye-opening yeah i mean it but it is also eye-opening to know how big of a part that he plays in the creation of all this awesome music that we've enjoyed for years and years. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he has a knack and, and like, we, like <laughs> he said, you know, one of the things he likes doing is making songs that people are going to sing back to you. And that's obviously something that we're attracted to as well. You know, if we keep making his out, you know, the albums that he's collaborating with number one albums of the year. So. <laughs> and that's one thing that I liked listening back to this interview is just the the overall wealth of knowledge that he has just uh -huh. with working with so many people and doing it for as long as he has. It's just awesome to hear his stories and his insight. And I appreciated the humility in there too, because the just how complimentary it was to in the way that he spoke about the people that he'd worked with all of them. And granted, mm -hmm. you're not just going to come on a, you know, a show and start bad mouthing folks you've worked with. That would be a poor move. But you also don't have to say nice things. You can you can largely plead the fifth or, or, you know, dodge a question if you want to. But he had a lot of praise for them and he recognizes the talent of the people he works with. And they I've seen the way that some of them interact with him and they do the same. So, right. To Dan's point, the collaborative, there seems to be a genuine appreciation and respect back and forth both ways from Scott and the parties that he works with. Agreed. That'll be the next conversation we have. So who do you not like to work with? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> off, off the recording. We'll, we'll stop the recording for you. I'm not sure there's anybody left that he didn't praise. In the, I know. In the, yeah. So there might not. Everybody seems good. So. <laughs> and you can usually tell by people's first reaction too. like when you say their names, you know, he, he always had a, a positive, you know, yeah. immediate reaction like that you know it was never you could tell like sometimes when you have bad react or bad interactions with people that's gonna always leave a uh, uh, make a face impression <laughs> right yeah yeah and you're always gonna have like that that the instant face like when you think of that person or that that situation body language can definitely betray you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that definitely did, was not the case he lit up with everybody we talked about yes it's cool to me we we've talked about for a long time doing more interviews that get into other parts of the industry besides just musicians. And, and, you know, Scott's on that fine line because he is, he is both. Yeah. And he's not the first person, you know, we talked to Keith Wallen who has some similar stories going on where he's his own musician, as well as a collaborator with others. And going back, we talked with Francesca Ludicart about other elements of the music industry. And we want to do more of that. And Scott was, was a great way to kind of dip back into that idea. Yeah, and so we'll see what we can do the rest of 2023 to get a few more songwriters, producers and people from from other realms. 
he actually gave me a couple ideas listening back to that interview. Like he talked about like, uh, you know, the, per- his person that helped to mix the album and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the, uh, the master, you know, his, his person that mastered the album. Like I'd love to know just all of that stuff that goes into putting that stuff together. Cause there's just a lot more people that, that are go into creating this and putting this out there for everybody that nobody knows sometimes about. Yeah. But the real question is what album, of his that he helped create will be our number one album of 2023. <laughs> well, I have a, when I watched the album back, I have a sinking <laughs> feeling that it might be the Aaron Jones one. And I also feel, I also, I'm just guessing, this is my guess based on the interview that, that Dorothy uh, appearances on his album. I was wondering about that too. I was going to see if you yeah. guys wanted to play a little speculation yeah. game there and see. Yes, totally. The timelines work. I, and yes. I, would, I, I sincerely hope that Dorothy is making a guest appearance on Aaron Jones' album. That would be a fantastic pairing. I agree. Yeah, and when we when we did interview Aaron, he did say that Dorothy's his buddy. He had some praise for her as well. Like, <laughs> the, it, it's circumstantial evidence, but it all lines up nicely. So it does. So you heard us here making an ass of ourselves and possibly assuming wrong, but we're just going to hope <laughs> and pray <laughs> that we're not. Well, you know, we're, we're going to have to listen to anything that he you know comes out with. He mentioned the New Year's oh, Day yeah. album they're finishing up as well, which is a band that's kind of been on our peripheral radar for a little while and, yeah. and might, you know, we might start zooming in a little bit more on them this year. He was working with Dorothy and then also Daughtry, who he's worked with a bunch of times. And he's getting ready to work with the Lazar. Yeah. And I don't know if all of these will come out in the calendar year 2023 or not, but the man's keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah, They'll (laughs) at least be getting worked on. And so here's hoping. Maybe the man can keep his streak alive. (laughs) No favoritism, but Aaron's phenomenal. I just listened back to that interview the other day as well, and it was just a blast. I was like, I love Aaron. I want to have him back again. So let us know what you think. Is there a person that uh, is your favorite person that Scott has collaborated with? You know, what was your favorite collaboration? There's been so many of them. Let us know. We'd love to hear back about that. Thank you very much for listening to the Itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, keep your spirits high. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.